0: Saturday, 22nd of July 2017. The sound of pre season optimism fills the hive as Barnet prepare for another season in League 2. Welcome to Bees Pod and thank you so much for joining us today. I'm your host, Ian Bottrell, and over the next 40 minutes or so, we'll be looking back at last season and forwards into the next. It's been a crazy 12 months of Barnet,
1: and here's what we've got coming up today.
2: The whole- Last 12 months, like I said, it was just a mix of emotions.
1: Kevin Nugent, I think it was maybe a case of the right man at the wrong time. I think his stats and his previous background show he's an experienced coach, but it was just never going to work.
3: Cool. Can we get a second striker that's going to, can we get Akinola into 10, into double figures?
4: The future for football clubs is with these young guys who have perhaps had Slightly different non-traditional routes to these
2: roles. Hey. 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 Nice
1: Danny Rose, great
3: play by Pop.
1: Welcome to ec 4 Club. what are your emotions on joining the club?
0: Uh, well, I'm excited, there's no doubt about that. Um, it's come in a very um, short space of time.
4: Michael, thanks for joining us. It's been a strange weekend, no game, and then the manager's departure prior to that. How has it been for you guys as players the last few days? Yeah, it's been, obviously, Thursday was a bit of um, a little bit no. uncertainty with... Um, Martin leaving and um, always wondering sort of what was gonna happen but um you know there's a lot of senior players who've been through it before.
2: 3-1 to Barney at the moment, five minutes past injury time. Uh... <laughs>
0: Bending right footed into middle to Shaq Cortes turns back to Ben Whiteman who scores. Ben Whiteman fires in from the edge of the penalty area. Mansfield have the lead here. After 37 minutes, Ben Whiteman fires in from the edge of the penalty area. And with 37 minutes gone, it's Barnett Nil, Mansfield Won. Yeah, it's exciting to come back in and see the boys enjoying all the stuff and i was ready to come back as well to be honest. It's fair to say that last season was a crazy one. Even by the standards of Barnet. Four managers flirting with the playoffs, in and out the relegation zone, doing the double over promoted sides. All of this adventure culminated though in a slightly disappointing 15th place finish for the Beats. But to start with, we're going to go back 12 months. Mars Allen was still in charge, and Barnet were ready to start their second season in the league following promotion in 2015. Here, Daniele, Matthew, and Mem pick up the story.
1: I think going into last season, we had had one year back in the football league. I think with Martin Allen in charge back then, I was optimistic going into the season. He, I called, it, uh, I nicknamed him the League Two Mourinho because he gets the job done. That <laughs> that is Martin Allen for you. he get results. So going into last season, I thought you know we kept hold of key players. We kept hold of, well back then. Gambin, Akinde, Gash was coming back to full fitness. I was optimistic going into the season, but. Obviously, how it all planned out, on the whole, I was quite disappointed with how it ended, really.
2: It's a funny one, you know, because like I said at the end of um, the season when i done my vlog, who goes through four different managers, four different goalkeepers, and still manages to stay safe in the, in, in the football league? It was a bit surreal, you know, like you might get one or two management changes throughout the season, not necessarily your club, but other clubs we had four in one season, and then we had four different goalkeepers as well. Unfortunately, that wasn't helped because of injuries, stuff like that happens. And unfortunately, you know, Martin Allen, I love the bloke. I can't hate him. I'm very, very annoyed of him, you know, but I cannot hate him for what he's done for this club.
3: I suppose last year, I just wanted us to... um just progress really so it was. I remember I think we said I think we did a prediction and I think I said seventh so that was seventh was my aspiration I thought reasonably t- top 10 so but then under Martin I think we had a quite poor start didn't we and then Martin then all of a sudden it started to uh, he got, I think he had six games on uh, six games where we started picking up some points and going up the table and then next thing you know he's gone to Eastley, uh, Eastley.
0: That's right for the fourth time, Martin Allen left Barnett, tempted away by a bigger salary at Eastleigh in the league below. Just as the team were picking up form, the manager left and playoff hopes seemed to be dashed. Rookie management duo Henry Newman and Ross Eames were appointed ahead of a busy festive season. It started well, but soon slipped back into the inconsistent form that had played Barnett all season. Um, I was positive, but initially
3: I thought that Rossi was going to be the senior of the two, was going to be the lead, because um, you can't have two managers making joint decisions. And then it, when it was when it became clear that they would join, I just I could I got the hunch that there was going to be a problem there at some point, and it seemed to be all right. And then this sort of, the and then it just sort of, we sort of hit a bit of a dip in form.
1: I think. Results-wise, again, were positive. I think the overall record was five wins in 12 matches. And when you consider that, out of those last five games they managed, they only won one at Morecambe. So if you think on ratio before that little blip, they had about 50% win ratio. So we were doing well. We were picking up results. We beat Plymouth, which was a positive.
4: Martin had gone and taken certain players with him and Rossi and Henry being you totally the money to spend to bring guys in and you know there was quite a bit of an excitement I think at that point that the players they were signing were either kind of hot prospects so to speak from lower levels and the and, and young guys above all and then you had someone like Ricardo Santos coming from the division above and it felt quite exciting and certainly I was quite swept along with it and I suppose it's easier when you're within the club perhaps to um, to, to feel that way. And then those kind of back-to-back wins in January where they beat um, one very, very handsomely at Leighton Orient when they weren't terrible and beat Plymouth on, uh, on on January 2nd. And all of a sudden they're in the playoff places and that felt like a great opportunity. And then I, th- I suppose we'll never truly know what went wrong from there. And that's the kind of disappointing aspect of the next appointment wasn't right with... Or, to say it wasn't right. I suppose it didn't work out. You know, Kevin was given a very, very short uh, time to kind of get his ideas on board and make it happen, and then you know he was out very quickly. And then it was back to Rossi, and it just felt like if yes, there being been a bit more consistency in the management, perhaps um, they could have made the most of that opportunity. And I think that was a big disappointment for me. However, only our second season back in the Football League after a couple of years in the conference and perhaps you know the bigger picture is that not very many years ago prior to finally dropping into the conference it was kind of final escape uh, final day escape or great escape kind of every season so the fact that we were never in relegation trouble and we were actually flirting with the right half of the table for once is a big positive in itself and kind of provides a launch pad for this season so overall there was disappointment but I think only in the sense of of being a football fan and kind of getting swept along with everything really.
0: Despite some early positives the team's form soon slipped. Henry Newman left the club in mysterious circumstances and Tony Kiantos moved to bring in a new head coach Kevin Nugent. It looked promising on paper but what happened next was nothing short of a disaster.
1: I think, well, from from reading fans' comments uh, from where Nugent had come from, so Leighton Orient and other clubs like that, people were positive about him. He seemed like he had a good reputation. Although I thought it was odd at the time his appointment because we had given Rossi and Henry the, uh, the, the cash stack during January. We were making massive signings. I never understood it really, even though we just went through that blip. We should never have gotten rid of the duo. We should have just kept them in there till the end of the season. With Henry, um, sorry, with Kevin Nugent, I think it was maybe a case of the right man at the wrong time. I think his stats and his previous background show he's an experienced coach, but it was just never going to work. Although, when you look at some of his results, I think he's unlucky. We, we uh, We conceded the late equaliser against Portsmouth. Against Blackpool, we were 2-0 up. We drew that 2-2. Two, two. Against Yeovil, we were about to win that. We conceded in the last minute. So, you know, if those three draws had gone into wins, he would have won four out of his ten, which wouldn't have actually been a bad record. So I just think, on the whole, although it was a bad spell and it got very toxic at the end when we were at Stevenage away and the, uh, the crowds are chanting, you out during the match. I mean, I remember Michael Nelson tweeting after the game saying, fans have to stop this. Because, you know, how do you expect us to perform if we're hearing a chance of the manager out? On the whole, you know, it didn't work. I feel sorry for Nugent because, like I said, if we hadn't have conceded those goals against Yeovil, Portsmouth and uh, Blackpool, his record wouldn't have been too bad. So, again, maybe, like I said, a case of right manager at the wrong time.
2: I was you know very very critical of him and if looking back on him i guess you probably could say he was a bit unlucky and i know it looks like i'm probably um going back on myself of what i've said but if you look at it he did come in when it was a bit of a a, a storm you know and he's come in to try and weather that but i don't think what helped him was he's came in he's thrown his weight around he's annoyed the fans like i heard stories that he didn't get on with fans and everything and you know it's difficult because then the players are like well hang on who are you even though he's in charge yeah and he obviously is the one that tells them where they play how they play etc etc it's difficult because they're like well we've been at this club for a long time we've got a, um a good unit with all friends blah 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 etc you've come in and you just rock the boat so why are we? Gonna work hard for you if that makes sense. If you don't treat us the way that we not necessarily deserve respect or deserve to be treated, but it was difficult because obviously Rossi's been with the club for a very, very long time. He's got a lot of respect from everyone, he knows the players inside and out, so they was obviously wanting to play for him, and then Nugent comes in, and I just think it was a bit he didn't help himself, but the situation wasn't great for him as well. And like I said, he went. Nine games without a win, and then he got the, the tenth win. Sorry, he got the win on the tenth game against Cheltenham. But if you look back on that game, again, we wasn't great.
3: I don't want to. I don't want to slate Kevin Eugene because I don't actually think, from what I saw of, of what he did, it was clearly evidence that he he had an idea and a plan. But I just don't think the players responded to it. Um, and I, I don't actually think you could see that he was a decent coach and he knew what he was doing. I just think that group of players didn't weren't playing for him. Um, and there was an element I thought as well. Some of the players, um, I think, some of the players bottled it as well. That's another one of my feelings on it. My gut instincts were the players didn't have the uh, didn't have the mentality
0: to see uh, to, to push on. Whether it was the players or the coach, it just wasn't working. After one win in 11 games, Nugent was sacked, and Rossi was placed in charge until the end of the season. The Bees meandered their way through to the end, winding up in a disappointing 15th place and thinking about what might have been from those heady heights in January. So, will 2017, 2018 be any different? Mem, Danielle, Tom, and Matthew start by assessing the number one man, Rossi Eames. Is he the man for the job for the Bees?
4: He knows the club. He's, I think all too often appointments are kind of made by clubs and this isn't a barnet kind of issue necessarily off the top of my head because the amount of times that Martin's come back, he is someone that knows the club. But all too often appointments are made and people don't, the guys coming in don't necessarily know the club and they don't maybe know what they're either getting into or match about the division or what have you but in Rossi's case it fits and he kind of ticks every box that he's been there for such a long time now and worked you know practically coached every
3: level at the football club I'm not nervous because I know um, well I, I, don't, I don't know it from the whole squad of 30 players but I know from speaking to people that um, that know the players closely um, that there's a lot of them really like him rate him so that's the first thing if you're dressing with people rate you um, regardless of what, what your experience is um, they respect him uh, there's a good team spirit and we've got good professionals and I think so I think that the, the basis is there for Rossi to have a good season I think the key to it is, is can he address the things that are falling out and the, and the key to it is, is a lot of it is uh, managing the moments managing the key moments in the games is that it's gonna be the big thing
1: I think from his First spell, we have to look at that. I think he's got the capabilities of being a very good manager. Like I said, uh, in total, five wins out of 12 in the first stint. Nearly 50% ratio. So that's what we need if we're going to achieve the playoffs. I think with that first spell was really important. Those games would have given him him an idea of uh, where we needed. It would have allowed him the chance to get better tactically uh, in-game management.
3: You know, are we going to be a counter-attacking team? Are we going to be team play on the front foot? That's going to be really. I'll be really interested, intrigued to see how we, how what Rossi's team looks like,
0: uh, what Rossi team you know, or how they, how they go, go to win a match. If we finally got the right manager, have we got the right squad? Over the past few seasons, the bees have really struggled to score goals from midfield. So next up, I asked our team, have we got the right players? Where do we need to strengthen? And do we have what it takes to push for the playoffs or beyond? It's a difficult one, because I can see on paper, uh,
3: and I think, I've said, I think I've said this before, is that when you, when you build a team to, to challenge, uh, you have to plan out ahead where you're going to get your goals from. A team, a team in the playoffs needs to score at least 70 goals in a season, at least. Um, so you've got to work out, if you're going to get 25 goals from John Akinde, Right, where are the remain the remaining goals? And I look at the moment, I still don't see the remaining what forty go forty goals or whatever forty five goals that we need to score. Where that's going to come from? So, in terms of players, in terms of competing in matches, in terms of being able to pick up points, I see I can totally see that team picking up points. And I think the squad, I've, from what I've seen in the squad, I think the squad can compete in games. But over a long over the over the length of the season, um. I don't think we have enough players that will contribute enough goals um, that will basically get us in in, in the, the playoffs.
2: I do think that we've strengthened in the areas that we've needed, but I still think we do need to strengthen again. Now, I've been to watch us train, and we look a lot sharper and we look a lot fitter. So obviously that's a good thing. And at League Two, it's not pretty football. Everyone will admit that. But 90% of your games, you will probably win down to just sheer fitness. When you get to that 60, 70th minute and the legs are you know, starting to go to jelly, that fitness would just grind you through, keep you going until that 90th minute. So I think we have improved in certain aspects, i.e. where we needed. We've got the goalkeeper. We've now got a right back. If you're asking me, and you've asked, I'm sure, everyone else, and everyone will probably give you the same answer, I think we still need another midfielder. And I'll tell you now, the two biggest players we missed last season were Sam Togwell and Michael Gash. Sam Togwell, you're one who stuck his foot in. He wasn't afraid to get dirty. And I'm not saying the boys in the current squad are not afraid to do that, but I don't think we've got anyone like that. He was the one he would get stuck in. And we missed that, as well as Michael Gash. He would not only create loads of chances for John, But he would crop up with about 10, maybe even 15 at a push goals to himself, and we missed that again. So I think we need another, if it's going to be a defensive midfielder, I think that's going to be that person, or a box-to-box tough tackling one and another striker. That's where I personally think we should be. Um, Looking at the transfers that we had in January, When we signed Dan Sweeney, now he's a big boy, and he came on, I remember his debut, he came on against Plymouth, we won 1-0, and we looked at him and went, wow, he is a unit. But we've not seen enough of him to see what kind of midfielder he is. Is he a creative midfielder, a bit like Jack, or is he a tough tackling one like um, Togwell? You know, Maybe even Curtis Weston in that situation. So I don't know if Rossi might try and save a couple of quid, and turn him into that player because we've got a good squad. We just need to grow, if that makes sense, because we've got a lot of youngsters and they need to become men now. They've had a taste of first-team football or football in general, shall we say, with League Two. They need to now grow with it and become a man.
1: With the January signings, it was important that now for the upcoming season, that they've had that half a season now get used to league football because that was a big problem so obviously Nugent and again Rossi and Henry had this problem that the new signings weren't making an impact if you see Dan Sweeney hardly ever played Akinola I I don't think he's all that but if you're going to throw a player in halfway through a season in a harder league it's going to be tough for anyone
4: I think certainly in terms of personnel we're a couple away but not more than that probably because it kind of goes underappreciated but it's a big squad now it is a really big squad now when you've obviously Luke Coulson left this week but you've still got Alex Nichols, who uh, Jean-Louis Akpro who have come back you've got the guys now the 23's who have kind of stepped into that first team bracket in the last couple of seasons from Naya uh, where's um, Darnell Smith obviously got his first pro deal and there are others that I'm, uh, um, uh, Justin Amaluza and a couple of others that I'm definitely racking my brains but can't think of off the names off the top of my head. So you've got those guys as well and actually, you know, when they went to the, when I went to the Maidstone game and he did three 11s, it was like, you know, there's no, there were two trialists but the, re- the rest were all, you know, professional senior Barnet players. So I think it's probably a case of get a couple in and then kind of look to trim really, because the, I think the quality is unquestionably there. It, it's just that you've almost got too many, you just cannot keep them all, you cannot keep them all happy in terms of the areas that we need to add in. I think everybody knows we, we need another striker that obviously there's a big reliance on John's goals um, um, Simeon has shown. For me, in the kind of six months or so that he's been here, that there's there's a really good player there. And it's just kind of getting up to speed with the Football League. Uh, and then you've got young Justin Amaluza, who again, for me, looks like a cracking player. And we just need to see him do that on a kind of consistent basis. But so another kind of senior forward who knows this level inside out would be ideal to really push John and I think we've been very lucky with John and he probably only missed a handful of games through injury and a couple through suspension in the the three seasons that he's been here so we've never had to cope with that that horrendous what-if situation. Um, And the other one would be a a Sam Togwell, Tom Champion, really sort of sit in front of the back four and screen type because although we've got quite a few central midfielders as per what I was saying a minute ago. None of them, you would probably say, are natural holders. Um, you know, Curtis can certainly do it, but I think you want him playing slightly further um, forwards. And the same for Jack Taylor. I think he's probably got the intelligence and positional and tactical awareness to do it. But he's too uh, kind of creative as well to really kind of shackle him and have him screening. So I think if you can get those two areas, um, sorted out you're basically there i think because he did a lot of the work in in january one way or another
0: finally i asked our team to put their money where their mouth is where would we finish this season were our hopes of the playoffs wildly unrealistic could we expect a season of mid-table or even relegation struggle well this is what they said
1: My prediction for this season is we've still got a young squad. And especially with Rossi, although I'm fully behind him, proper nice guy. Again, it's just, it's still his first full season in charge. And it. although he's had the previous spells, it's still gonna be a learning curve for him. So I remember I wrote an article about a month or so ago when he did get promoted. Uh, sorry, um, yeah, promoted to head coach. The thing that I've seen with Rossi is finding the balance between the youth and an actual first team players. Sometimes he's he, he keep he's got the hope of just allowing the youth to finally spark to life in the match. Last season Nana Kai a lot of the times in matches he, he went missing. Rossi wouldn't react to that. So although I think we've got the capabilities in the squad, because Rossi it's his first season, still youngsters and at, at the time of recording this we we're still lacking a, a second striker really a big name striker behind Akinde, and one or two more positions as well we still haven't got a sign-in i think we i i predict around mid table maybe lowish mid table cool Hope, but hopefully if we do manage to get some sign-ins and so new people like richard brindley come into life the squad stays fit and we hit the ground running. I don't see why we can't make the playoffs or even the, even top three. I think our starting eleventh, but um, one of the best in the league at the moment.
4: What, we would, what what we've seen in pre-season so far in the two games I've seen, how he's, how Rossi's trying to shape this team up and, and what he wants from them. They've, they've looked really kind of composed on the ball, patient. they've kept the all well and waited for their opportunities. In that Swansea game, they, you know, they played a very smart game against Swansea, I thought. And once they, um, once they kind of calmed down, perhaps a little bit in possession in the in the first half, certainly, they they more than matched them. And you know, you'd say Swansea are a team that are kind of noted for for, for their um, ability on the ball and keeping the ball. And at Maidstone, I was probably even more impressed in the sense of it's it's a glorified kind of. An open workout for the the players, and they absolutely put their foot on Maidstone's throat from minute one. They were superb, and you know you can't get carried away in pre-season at all. And it's a team in the division below, but it's the team only in the division below. You know, 20 places at most probably separated them in terms of finishing positions last season.
3: I think I think the I think the minimum expectation is mid-table. I think the key to it is, 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 is like I said, managing the moments. So if we can manage the key moments, I think that then we, and, and, and we start and we, and we see an improvement in that area. Because a lot of last season, we didn't get smashed off all the park, even under Kevin Nugent, we didn't get smashed off the park. We were competing in every single game. So this is a team that can compete in this division. It's the extra quality, it's the le- little bit of quality that's gonna take. So if, I, if so I'm looking for evidence when the season starts and we have got players, we've got players of quality like Ruben Bother. Uh, can we get Ruben Bova in the right areas of the pitch? Because to me, Ruben Bova was playing far too deep for a guy with his quality, of, you know, in final ball and things like that. Can we get um, Campbell Rice to get more goals? Um, can we get um, what's it called? Can we get a second striker that's going to? Can we get Akinola into ten into double figures? Can he get come? Like one thing I noticed as well, actually, this is something I noticed with my coach's hat on, is. There are a lot of players who look available um, when the balls, when the when we have possession, but there's a difference between being available in an area where the defenders are quite happy for you to have the ball, or where you're being available in an area where you're going to hurt the defenders. And I feel that a lot of the positions that our players were taking up last year were in areas, safe areas where uh, where defenders are quite happy for them to have the ball in that. Area. And I think the key to it is, is that our players need to be be taking up more dangerous positions to get into more attack, into more goal-scoring opportunities and I think that that will be the key uh, this season, whether or not we make that, that transition.
2: Obviously I'm going to be realistic, I'm going to be grounded and Again, it's another old cliche, but I'm going to take one game at a time. The reason why I say that is because I think last season, when we went to Leighton Orient away and we beat them 3-1, we had over 700, 700 fans there and we didn't stop singing all game. And that was probably one of the best atmospheres I've been to as a Barnet fan for a long time. And we all thought we was going to do it. We all thought, yes, we've got two young coaches in here. We've got a very young squad. We're going to push on. And then it kind of went downhill from there, if you remember. It just went backwards, and no one understands why. But again, that's what happens behind closed doors, and we don't know, and that's then, and this is now. But, yeah, so going forward, if we can get the right guys in, maybe another centre mid, maybe another forward, because it's not necessarily getting that right player in who can do you that job. They need to gel with the guys that's already there. And we don't want a bag egg coming in and disrupting that whole team, because then that's when trouble could start again and we don't want that so I'm going to take one game at a time be very grounded I'm obviously going to be optimistic I think we will finish higher than 15th I really do believe that but I don't think we're going to get playoffs this season that's my personal aspect but again Rossi's first year in the job by himself he's only 32 give him a couple more years I think we could possibly have a, a big promotional push if we get the right guys in.
0: So on that pretty positive note, we're going to leave our preview and review episode there. Thank you so much to the four guys who came and gave us their time to be interviewed for today's show. And as ever, if you want to get in touch with the show or be interviewed yourself, please get in contact with us via Twitter or through SoundCloud. That's it from us for now. If you've got any feedback at all, uh, positive or negative, please do get in contact with us either via iTunes, SoundCloud or online via Twitter. We really hope you enjoyed this show. And if you have the time to subscribe, leave us a comment or give us a review on iTunes, we'd be really, really grateful. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully hear from you soon and come on you bees.